You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. So, once again, not really a big week this week, Daniel. Uh, we were missing Flash, I think, and, and Arrow. Does that, does that sound right to you? Yep, that's right. Okay, that's, yeah, sound right. Uh, but we do have Supergirl, Gotham, Legends of Tomorrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and a brand new season of Fear the Walking Dead. Woo! <laughs> All right, so uh, let's have it. Let's uh, let's well, you know, let's do some um, let's do some uh, headlines first. We have added two new people, two 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 new actors to the cast of Iron Fist on Netflix. We have Jessica Stroop and Tom Pelfrey. Now it looks like they'll be playing uh, the the son and daughter of David or of Harold Meacham. Who's being played by David Winham that we talked about last week from uh, 300 and uh, Van Helsing. But he will, uh, they will be playing, um, what is it, Joy and Ward Meacham, respectively. So they'll be the ones that are in charge of Rand Industries when Danny comes back from his uh, travels through the Orient to to find his, uh, to get his mystical Iron Fist powers, I believe. All right. Uh, I don't really know too much about the, these two. I've never heard, really heard of them. I, I it says that um, Tom Pelfrey has been on Banshee and which is a Cinemax show and uh, a couple of soap operas. So I'm not too familiar with his work. Whereas Jessica is, was on prom, the horror movie Prom Night and The Hills Have Eyes Two, and she was on the CW's reboot of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. And once again, I didn't watch any of those things, so I don't know anything about her or her character or her acting abilities. But I imagine if Marvel's picked them, I think they're probably going to be pretty good. I can't, you know, this this show is going to be interesting. I think it's very interesting they're going to mix it together, all this uh, business world and uh, and all the interesting stuff of the the mystic side of Marvel. Right. Um, lots, uh, lots of special effects in the show, right? Hopefully, I mean, if they do it right, it should there should be. Um, other news that I saw was I thought it's not really news. I thought it was pretty interesting, but apparently, someone on Reddit went through and uh, counted all the lines that Superman has in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and the total number of lines that Superman actually speaks is forty two. <laughs> Which is, you know, interesting in itself, being the number 42. But uh, I've, I've said from day one after this movie, if you put all the, the lines that Superman has and all the lines that Batman has in this movie, you could probably get maybe five pages of dialogue. And uh, it only makes sense that, uh, uh, that 
you, in an t- almost three-hour movie, Superman only has 42 lines. And I find that pretty disappointing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the last bit of news, which again is really not news, um, but it's I did find it interesting, is that The Rock tweeted out a uh, tweet earlier today, and this is the 18th when we're recording it, uh, that he says he wants the Black Adam, who he's portraying in the DCEU, to fight Superman at some point. Now, his exact tweet was, won't happen in the first movie, but nothing would make me happier. He's got it coming. Hashtag Black Adam versus Superman. Hashtag, hashtag Shazam. <laughs> you know, and I was surprised, actually. I mean, because they, I think before anybody else was cast in anything DC... Uh, the the Rock was cast as Black Adam, uh, you know, so long ago, and the fact that they didn't have him at least show up in the Dawn of Justice movie as Black Adam for a cameo like everybody else got, uh, it was a shame. You know, it's real discredit to to him. So hopefully, maybe in the first Justice League movie, well, he says it won't happen in the first movie, but um. The second Justice League movie, then uh, we'll see. Well, maybe in the first Justice League movie, we'll see Black Adam. Uh, that would be kind of cool. Black Adam without Shazam, though. Uh, which I, uh, no, I would love to see Shazam. I would love to see, and like I said, I want Joe Manganiello to play fucking Captain Marvel. But uh, <laughs> if if they still haven't had it down to who they're going to cast as as Captain Marvel Shazam yet, then. Uh, yeah, Black Adam alone would be pretty awesome. I mean, could you imagine the people that are actually in the the just Justice League at that point going up against uh, Black Adam and probably getting their asses handed to him? Yeah, that'd be pretty uh, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Like I said, it's not a very big uh, news week, so I am uh, pretty okay with all that if you want to go ahead and get started into um supergirl all right all right so we have the culmination of a whole season of kryptonians on earth and what they're they're in game with is and it's uh it's it's myriad and uh we see people you know they're all mindless drones basically and and they're all there for uh non to take control of yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy seeing, you know, the DEO just being, you know, just the villains getting released from their holding tanks themselves. <laughs> yeah. It was also funny was like, like, um, there's that part where, I mean, what, what's, uh, what's, it's, um, what's Maxwell Lord and, and Cat Grant and, and, and Kara all just standing around in, in Cat's office and, they're the only ones not being controlled, and all of a sudden, he's three people get up and go to walk to the window, and they're gonna jump. And of the three people, two of them is is Win and Jimmy. And I'm I was, all I could be was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, third girl, name, nameless girl, that we've never <laughs> seen before, but you're not gonna live through this." <laughs> and what happened? Uh, yeah. <laughs> She didn't live. Splat. Yep, she went splat. Uh, I mean, that's just terrible. But when you're the red shirt, you're the red shirt. <laughs> you don't get to live. Uh, and that uh, episode, I mean, you know, Kara cared about her. 
but you know, so not fast enough. Yeah, just just not fast enough. It only has two arms. Um, to be honest, this episode was very unmemorable for me. Like the, basically, the only thing that really caught my attention was the very end when you see Alex come out in that fucking exosuit, ready to fight uh, Supergirl with her kryptonite sword. Yep, and then that's also Batman. Also uh, Batman, Superman, all over again. <laughs> yeah, but I think Alex is probably a little bit more prepared. She's she's got a kryptonite sword. Oh, I guess Batman had a kryptonite spear. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I thought that was the only part that was uh, somewhat interesting. The rest of it is all kind of just ugh, blur, blurred together. It was kind of cool that that. Uh, John finally, you know, revealed himself to to whoever, you know, uh, to um, Mrs. Danvers. Yeah, Mrs. Danvers, and he's all, "I'm ready to fight" and stuff, and then promptly gets his ass handed to him. God, I feel like they made him really, really weak too. Well, I mean, like, yeah, also, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to ask, I mean, I know his weakness, his ultimate weakness is fire, but I mean, he, should he really be that weak? <laughs> no, it's not like it's, it's, it, well, the funny thing is that to me, it's a psychological weakness. He doesn't, I mean, he's not like he actually loses any of his powers when he's around fire. It's just that his, his brain locks up because he's, he's, it's like, you know, when you're, you're agoraphobic or you're acrophobic or, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, arachnophobic you know you see these things and then you just kind of freeze but the way they portray him is just more like he sees the fire and he just loses everything and especially since he doesn't use his mind powers all that often in this show it's weird the way they're portraying it so uh yeah he uh kind of just is a kind of a pushover right i uh, i mean for the one of the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, for one of the most powerful uh, beings in the DC universe, they've really under undersold him or uh, cut back his power, depowered him. Yeah, I was going to say, the real Martian Manhunter could have probably seen or done something, maybe teleport out of the way so he wouldn't get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would have definitely been able to do something. But like I said, I, I, this episode wasn't, I mean, it was just all... Just hyped up drama, basically. And right. is there anything like particular that really stood out for you in this episode? Just that you know, Maxwell Lord, you know, trying to protect Cat Grant, saving her. It was interesting that he of of all the people he sent her a pair of the earrings that would eventually help her. Uh, where do you stand on 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 Lord in general? Like. Do you think he's a good guy? Do you think he's a bad guy? Do you think he's more like Luther and he just wants to he only he's only looking out for himself and his best interest? Uh, right now he's so wishy-washy that yeah, it just seems like he's, you know, looking for his self-interest and just protecting himself. You see, and I, I think that's that's kind of what they want you to think. I mean, I feel like like this show, especially with what they did with Hank Henshaw and then eventually be, it becoming Martian Manhunter, they kind of want to. They want to throw these tropes at you that you know you would follow in a normal show, and then they kind of want to turn them around on you. So, like when you first meet Maxwell Lord, you get this whole Luther vibe from him that he's this, uh, 
you know, egomaniacal fucking billionaire genius. Uh, and I think what they're going to eventually do is, to me, I feel like that what they'll, they'll do is just they'll make him a good guy, and they'll be he'll be on their side more often than not. But if you know anything about Max Lord in the comic books, uh, for the longest time he was on the sides of heroes. He was, you know, he was on the Justice League International. He was. Uh, you know, they are helping pe- them do good until eventually when he decided there was way too many aliens in the world and way too many people with powers that he needed to take everything over. I mean, basically what he eventually does is what Myriad is. He, he takes over people's minds and makes them all do his bidding. And uh, and then eventually he takes over Superman's mind and, and Wonder Woman snaps his neck. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, I, I can see them... It'd be cool if they did that. I mean, not the whole snapping his neck thing, but like, make basically made him a, a teammate, part of the Scooby Gang, if for lack of a better word. And then, uh, you know, he kind of gets in there good, and then eventually he's like, "Oh no, you guys are all too powered, and we need to take care of this." Uh. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's uh, that storyline's too overdone? Yeah. You've seen it happen so often. Yeah, you know that's that's kind of the storyline that happened with uh, Ward over at uh, Age of the Shield, and you're you're catching the tail end of it since you're just now watching. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anything else about this particular episode you want to you want to talk about? Like I said, I, I think I'm more interested in uh, the the season finale this week coming up with uh, the fact that Alex and, and Kara are going to fight. I pretty much yeah, that's all that really stood out too. Okay then, let's move on. So we're taking care of uh, our super super family fix, and we'll move over to our bat family fix. We got Gotham, and guess what? They figured out who framed James Gordon pretty damn quick. Yeah, <laughs> I really thought that this was gonna draw out a little bit longer, but nope they uh, they went straight to uh, hey, Nigma's kind of strange. <laughs> They're barely noticing he's a little strange. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, what did you think about that all that whole thing? Um, I want to say I agree with you that they you know tied this up pretty quickly. I thought it was gonna last for me two more episodes but you know there are some parts that actually you know kept me at the edge of my seat i kept getting a little bit anxious yeah no i'm right there with you there were there were some uh some real good like oh my goodness so the what well, you got so that's all the a story the stuff that happens between gordon and uh and uh enigma but then you got the b story the stuff that's happening with the penguin and good lord man with uh <laughs> he finds out that his his step family all like fucking killed his dad and I just thought that he was gonna get his revenge on them and maybe kill him but no he fucking cooked them <laughs> made the mom eat them oh god I couldn't believe that's where they went with that That's that was fucking hilarious and then like I thought he would eventually I thought he would like kinda get them to admit to killing him so that he would be scot free. But now what's he gonna do? Like his dad just died, uh his extended family just died, or at least gone missing, 
And, uh, you know, the cops are going to be like, oh, well, there was this ex-con that was living in this house, too. I wonder who did the killing. Hmm. <laughs> and now, I mean, does he, is he going to get his dad's fortune? I mean, who knows? That's uh, that's interesting. So but we kind of focus on, on this. Like, he doesn't really need the money or the fortune, you know, or the mansion. You're right. He doesn't need any of these because he's he's a survivor and he knows how to make his own money and he knows how to get he get things done. But when you can start off with money, it's a lot better than having to find the money. <laughs> uh, I guess the other uh, B B side story is is. Uh, Young Master Wayne coming back to the Wayne Manor and and uh, teaming up with Alfred again, basically. Uh, well, they kind of they needed help because they found Gordon all beat up, and uh, they needed to get him some medical attention, but knew couldn't take him to the hospital, so they took him to Alfred. Right. And Alfred <laughs> patches him up, and then he's like, "Look, you need to stop hanging out with Selena." And he's like, "Why? I told you." She's helping me. She's. I'm learning. I'm learning things. She said, "Look, things that happened on, with your dad's computer, like your your dad's computer's fixed, and things that he he had on there got him killed. You really want to risk Selena's life for that?" And you're like, oh, "Damn it, Alfred! You're so smart. Fucking <laughs> appealing to his side that once he doesn't want to hurt anybody and stuff like that. So he gets him to come back and and live, uh, live or be in the mansion and find out what's on dad's computer, which is where the the episode ends, I believe, or." You know, at least that part of the right. story. Uh, and of course, the booting up. Yeah, and of course, Celine is hurt because he made her go away. <laughs> yep, <laughs> just throws a leather jacket that he fixed down the stairs. <laughs> Tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> um. But- that's all teenagers do are just, you know, well, throw yeah. tantrums. <laughs> exactly. Between the ages of uh, 12 and 21, I imagine all you do is just be fucking uh, moody and uh, and uh, uh, angsty and shit, you know. Like, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that I wasn't that way when I was that, around that age. I, I probably was. But I'm just saying, once they hit, t- hit t- puberty, kids should not be allowed out of their houses <laughs> <laughs> Again, until they graduate from co- from college or from high school. I agree with you on that one. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the world would thank me for my my uh, my new law that I create when I become ruler. <laughs> oh, ruler! Yes, perfect. Ruler, exactly. I can't become president. I can be from ruler. Oh God! <laughs> no one is spared. <laughs> no one would be spared. Um, but okay, let's, let's talk about, uh, Gordon Enigma. Basically, um, what was it that made Gordon go to Enigma first? Because he's like, because, um, he, Enigma knows about technology and audio equipment. Right. So he had a recording of the person that called in the 911 call. Oh, and the things that. That Bullock had to do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the things that Bullock had to do. Um, so the nine one one call. You think you think Enigma would have been better than not to have the the cuckoo clock go off in the background of the of the call? But there it is, plain as day. 
and he clears. What he, an idiot! Yeah, he cleans up the audio for him, and he makes it so the voice is still distorted, but the cuckoo clock comes in perfectly. And uh, of course, of course, Gordon is totally blindsided by this whole thing, and he's he's two steps behind, and he pulls his gun out. He's like, "Oh, well, you just helped me catch you, so I'm gonna arrest you." And fucking Nigma's like, "Yeah, that's not what's gonna happen." And fucking electrocuted him from the chair. Yep. So smart. <laughs> um at the end of it, do they do they catch Nigma? Yeah. Um they basically go to uh to the woods where he buried uh Kringle's body and then, you know, he confesses everything and the cops come out like, Hey, we heard everything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you think that he that maybe it's just Gordon out there and he's like telling him, "Look, I I I set you up because I needed to." And then all of a sudden Barnes just walks out and's like, "We got you." you. <laughs> but you know, it, it was funny is that he also managed to stop talking just before he said something about how uh Gordon killed killed Galavan. Yeah, perfect timing, right? Exactly. <laughs> How convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> and so he ends up being back on the force. Getting his job back. Wants reopen- yep, wants to reopen the Wayne case. Because uh, he made the promise. He made the promise to the kid. So yep. we have that to look forward to. And guess who, who is coming back from the dead this, this week? Crazy Barbara. Oh well, she came. Back. Yeah, she. That's right. She did wake up from her coma, so that we're gonna have that to look forward to. But I was talking about uh, the. Did you see the previews for next week? Next week's episode. No. Oh, we have uh, we have Theo Gallivan himself coming back to life. Oh shit! Thanks to Hugo Strange and his experiments. So we'll have that to look forward to. We'll see what happens there. So just really quickly, I mean, uh, now that. You know, Penguin is back to his uh, normal ways. What do you think uh, Miss Peabody and uh, Hugo are going to do? You know, that's that's going to be interesting. If yeah, if uh, Penguin is back to his normal ways, he, he might want to get revenge on the people that tortured him inside the Arkham Asylum. So uh, they need to look, keep a lookout, and maybe we'll get like a, I don't know, like a version of Long Halloween. <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some some stuff's gonna go down at Arkham Asylum, I think. And if you say you know they do your little storyline there, you know Penguin goes to get revenge on Hugo. He'll probably rescue the Riddler. Yeah, you're probably right. Break him out! Yeah. Break him out! Damn, that's if that well, that's if the Riddler goes to Arkham. You know, you think he'll be crazy? They'll they'll think he's crazy enough. He might just go to regular prison. They threw him in. Oh, did they already they throw, throw him, him in, in there? there? Oh, I, I must have missed that yeah. part. I must have blanked out. Well, there yep, you go. Toss his ass in there. You, you you set up clues for your crimes, then apparently you're crazy. <laughs> uh, anything else particular you want to talk about Gotham? Uh, ba- uh Babs is definitely going to complicate things now. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, he's going to... You know, you think he's going to want to go talk to Leslie. Do you think... Well, I wonder if she actually did lose the baby or not. But, uh... I don't know. Yeah, he's going to go talk to Leslie. 
And Babs is definitely going to throw a wrench in that, so. Yep. We'll see. I hope they keep her crazy. <laughs> well, it was the, you know, it was the a report, the news report that, that, that Gordon was on the news and stuff that what woke her up, so. Yeah. Her obsession probably still be there. Anything else? No. All right. Uh, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. I enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Dude, there was so much going on, but at the same time, there wasn't. <laughs> You're right. <It> was... <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess this is kind of what I thought this uh, the show was going to be more like, and uh, especially with the whole Jonah Hex thing. And it was, I love the fact that Jonah's like, look. You ate the first time travelers I've come across. Of course, the first time traveler you came across was fucking Rip Hunter. <laughs> I thought, where is he? <laughs> and then I like the thar- the thing was like, you stole my you stole my coat and my jacket or my coat and my hat, and this is what this is what you do with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that was, yeah, no, it was, that was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was the great interaction between the two of them. It would have been cool if like. Uh, if Jonah ended up jumping onto the ship with him. And, oh, man, the fact that they were such co- close friends that, like, Hump- Hunter would name his son after him. Like, basically, Jonas. Yeah, that was oh, that was a little bromance right there. Little little bromance in the <laughs> Old West. <laughs> uh, and then fucking uh, Shaira or Kendra basically meeting a, a, another version of herself. Yeah, which, you know, it sticks to your theory that you threw out last week that, you know, that they're not in the same body. They're always in a different body. Their bodies look different, but they, you know, we just kind of see them in a, that way. However, that drawing that was of them, it looked a, pr- a lot like how uh, the Kendra and the uh, Carter that we saw earlier in the season looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... The, the the lady that she met was just an older version of herself, so I don't know. I I think I, I still think what I said was right, but it could it, I could be wrong. I I don't think so. I I mean I think this adds more you know to your favor with that theory. I think it proves it right even more so. Oh thank you. Um, it was funny that like basically the two of their bigger fighters ended up not being around when all this a lot of the the fighting went down in the middle of like when they had to go uh they went to the 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 criminals hideout or whatever you had it you know and Kendra and uh and and Canary weren't there right cuz they're looking for that other lady yeah so it was it was funny but then when you have the whole team there at the end of the day at the at the at the fight at the you know in in, in town that was pretty awesome I uh, I just want to say I'm glad that they're finally fighting as a fucking team now, man. Yeah, that was that was cool. Oh, did you? One thing that I really thought was unfortunate because the only one that actually seemed to to do it was was Captain Cold. But you know, like one of the one of the things I always liked about in comic books, like if if a team goes in the past, or like if you had uh, people, if you just had superheroes go in the past or go in the future or something like that they have they put on the clothes of that time but they the clothes of that time 
have things that look like stuff from themselves. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I wanted the White Canary to be in, uh, like, some cowboy clothes, but, like, have it be white, you know? And then, uh, you know, Heat Wave could have had some Heat Wave-looking cowboy clothes, but the only one that kept to their blue color was Captain Cold. Right. So I was like, oh, man, there was an opportunity here, and you guys wasted <laughs> it. Did you catch that Ray kill the guy? Right? So that's what we're doing now? We're all killing people? <laughs> Ray, like, shot through a person's body like he was a bullet. How terrible I was know. that? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> and not only did you kill a guy, you killed a person in the past. Do you know, like, what kind of ramifications that could have down the timeline? Obviously, it didn't matter, and you know, Rip didn't give a shit either. Yeah, that was that was so strange. Like, I couldn't believe that he killed a person. The only people he could have killed, you know, were the the Time Masters or the Time Assassins, whatever you yeah, want to call the them, bounty hunters, whatever they were. Yeah, that was that was strange. But uh, I, oh, go ahead. I want to say they. I want to say they brought those people in too quickly, you know, especially how they're like, oh yeah, the Time Masters can't see this far far behind, so we'll be fine in this time time period. Yeah, but then as soon as they started causing problems, that's when it's like, oh well, there's disturbances of this. You know, I also, you know, because the idea is that at the end of the last episode, you have you have Mick talk, being like, look, you don't have to worry about me anymore. You got time bounty hunters coming after you, and they're ready to kill you. And then as soon as they defeat these bounty hunters, bounty hunters are like, well, guess what? They have another thing that's coming after you, and it's even worse than us. It's like, all right, you know, we, we could have done this just once. We didn't have to do it twice. <laughs> as soon as they defeat that thing, they're going to be like, oh, well, we're not the bad thing. Then the bigger thing is coming after us, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a vicious cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be never-ending. Um that was that 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 part I didn't like, but I did like the 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 look of the bounty hunters and and the whole their the whole fight that they ended up having in the old west and like they're like so we're not worried about uh, uh about technology anymore right nope they're shooting real gun they're shooting uh, laser guns at us well okay then and the fucking Stein and Jax just power up yep in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> How how badass was it that Ray was a sheriff though? That was pretty cool. Now, but now that town doesn't have a sheriff because Jonah didn't take it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of strange. So um, now that we covered basically everything, I just want to ask you. Maybe I missed something, but who the hell was that kid that got shot in the dome? kid that got shot in the dome the lady bounty hunter from when uh whose ship got overtaken that captain she shot a kid in the back of the head and that's how the episode ended why do i not remember this did your dvr cut off because that's happened to me before too maybe it did i don't know i don't remember this at all it's right after you know um jonah's like oh i'm not gonna take it they all say bye and get back on the ship it cuts to that. Huh. Damn it, I'll have to go, I'll have to go look again. I don't I don't remember. But yeah, I don't know who I don't know who the kid was. Was it the kid that they 
that he saved with the the ter- tuberculosis cure. Shit, yeah, I think you're right. So that was like them the, the, whoever the lady bounty hunter was is like her her way of correcting the timeline because he was supposed to die. I think yeah, I think you're right. I didn't catch it, but yeah, I think that that's what happened. Wow, interesting. I don't know why I didn't. I don't remember that. Hmm. Yeah, it was pretty uh pretty brutal. That yeah, if you get shot in the back of the head, that is pretty <laughs> for a kid. Um, cool. What I mean, so, anything else did, about the next coming up episode for that? Do you do you know about? No, I didn't get an episode preview. Sadly. Okay. Hmm. I don't know why I don't remember that part. Um, what, what else about this? Anything else about this episode in particular? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I did think it think. was. I did think it was kind of strange. You know that. You know, so we had the whole fight between uh, Snart and, and 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 Rory, and then all of a sudden, they're you know, Rory's just kind of back to being the way that he was before they dropped him off. You're we like. Like at the beginning of the season, you know, he's just like, "All right, I'm on the team. We'll do whatever we need to do." Yeah, you're you're right, but I mean, he was a really I don't know. He was really informative. I uh, you know when Rip was going off about the timeline and blah blah blah. You know, Mick stepped in and explained a lot of shit too. That's true. And then like when he's in the bar, <laughs> when him and Canary are supposed to be drinking to see who can drink more. And obviously he he drunk he, he couldn't hold he couldn't hold his liquor compared to Canary, which was funny, but like even there you you he was like she was like oh you, you think you'd be at home here or something like that or you'd like it here and he's like uh I don't even know myself anymore you know kind of thing. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. He's like oh it tastes like gasoline. He's like I know. Hit me with another. <laughs> uh, that's that's Mick Rory. You can't you can take the the guy out of the time stream you can't take him anywhere though you know what i mean <laughs> uh okay he would he would definitely love that brawl <laughs> yeah exactly he would have had a great time with that but he was passed out <laughs> <laughs> lightweight <laughs> uh i wonder if i wonder if that just means the time masters don't have any alcohol so it's been a while since he had anything to drink actually that's a good point <laughs> Um, all right, Agents of Shield, dude. So much in this episode, right? Couldn't believe it. So you know, it's, the whole idea is that the team has to deal with the fact that uh, uh, Ward is alive, <laughs> and they know it now. Yep. And uh, and they think that they're 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 following the trail to 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 get ahead of him, but when actuality. They're just kind of playing right into his hands. They he knows what he's doing, you know, or this demon or this deity or whatever the hell you want. And then you get all this backstory with Malik and how uh, he had a brother, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> fucking his brother gets sent away, and now the the demon has the brother's memories too. And he's like, "Look, you betrayed me all those years ago. I'm gonna make you suffer." And you think that he's gonna die, but. Oh, man, he took his daughter away from him. Dude, just, oh, man, he gives no fucks. Just straight up kissed her and then <laughs> straight up. the life force. <laughs> and then I like the fact that we got to see the 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 vision that, that Malik saw when the guy touched him to show him his own death. But, like, you could yeah. tell from that vision that that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't 
he wasn't dying the way that that guy kills people. Like, for whatever reason, he was bleeding from his eyes, so that was fucking weird. I know, and for a show with a PG rating, holy shit, this is pretty fucking dark. <laughs> it's very true. It's a very dark uh, dark season. Very uh, cool episodes, though. Um, uh, there was a cult. Can't forget about the cult. <laughs> well, yeah, they've been they've been talking about this cult for a while now. You know, this has been a, a big part of the season. This this whole season. Um, I like the fact that you know, what's her face? Uh, Daisy talked about her her vision, and she doesn't know who it is that dies. She just knows it's a teammate, and they we they made us think that uh, the that it was going to be someone on that that ship right there in the Zephyr, but, you know, they ended up not. But, oh my god, dude. Fight scene between Ming-Na and Mark DeCascos? Dude, I know! (laughs) So, the idea, they like, they said that the dude can move stuff with his mind, but then they said only non-organic stuff. But then again, it also looked like the only thing that he moves is metallic stuff. Like he like, could have, I like when they said he he could only do stuff that's non organic, and I was like, oh, they're gonna trap him in a room, and 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 fucking uh, May is gonna Agent May is gonna fight him. It was like, well, he could like use her clothes against her too, so then maybe she's gonna have to be naked when she fights him. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do that, <laughs> I guess, because it's Disney. <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that fight scene between the two of them was fucking awesome. And uh, it was so short. I was so satisfied too. I was like, "Damn it, I want more!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man! And then I liked the like he was picking up that thing with his mind, but then he was also pulling on the seatbelt, and then uh, you know they they trapped him away, and he dropped the thing. But apparently, he got the seatbelt buckle, and he used the seatbelt buckle to pry open the the doors. And I was like, "Good lord." pretty awesome <laughs> that's one hell of a jailbreak yeah and and then he took control of the ship and made it look like they were about to crash into the the hideout and then he straightened out the ship at the last second and now they're his prisoner yep so that was pretty um, so i so what do you think about ward revealing like his true identity that was that was just creepy. I mean, they didn't really show it to us, so that was that was weird. But you know, it was just creepy to see all the tentacles come out of his, the sides of his faces. What did you That's think? That's how hands tie usually starts. <laughs> I've seen a lot of hentai start that way. <laughs> Actually, like I don't remember. Do you do you remember? And I know this sounds bad, but this is because. There is quite the age gap between the two of us, but do you remember Beetlejuice? Yeah. Okay. So there's the part when he's like, "You want to see? You want to see scary? I'll show you scary." And his, the back of his head—you can only see the back of his head—but then all those like legs and and <laughs> hands pop out of his face, and you're like, "I wonder what it is they saw and they freaked out about." It's kind of what it made me think about when all when he's like, "Let me show you my true self." <laughs> it's actually a pretty good comparison. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we know who the big baddie is going to be, so uh, wh- whatever the team has to do to, to deal with this is going to be interesting. Right. 
I like. So the, what do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just Go think, ahead. I, I like the idea that there's two factions of Hydra, and there's the faction that we saw in World War Two that you know Captain America fought against. Uh, that was all kind of science based and ready to fight the war and all that stuff. And then there's this other faction of Hydra that's all ritual and faith based and has a deity and all this other stuff that's much older than the World War Two faction. Yeah, it's um, I guess not mystical, but magical. I guess it would be the right way. Yeah, I think yeah, one or the other is probably it's it's very um, yeah, mystical. You know, mystical, magical kind of thing because you know they they have a god that they they believed in and they were holding like these rituals and 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 sacrificing people to it and stuff like that and and then you have the you know even the 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 basic crossroads of them because when. The two sons they go and meet Whitehall and that's in prison and he's he's basically like a lesser version of of the Red Skull and talking about the science and stuff and like that because we've seen him earlier in the in the seasons when he uh, was doing experiments on Inhumans like he uh, basically Daisy's mom had the power to uh, heal him heal herself and uh, other people and stuff so he. Did he cut into her? He di- dissected her into the point where he found uh, the 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 body part or whatever it was that helped her heal, and then he kind of put it into himself and made himself immortal. So you know, it was he's he's very much all science based. That's not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I wonder if that's you know gonna. I wonder that'd be kind of cool if it kind of tied into Doctor Strange a little next at the, the, the next season. You know, the mystical side of this, magical side of it, I should say. And I mean, well, we both, you know, you know, out of everybody, that since this show ties into, to you know, the actual cinematic universe, you know, we, shit, we might, we could get that. We could definitely get that. It'd be pretty awesome. So, we'll have to see if that happens. Um, Anything else in particular? I like the idea at the end of the episode where Lincoln's like, "Hey, you have the Secret Warriors for a reason. Might as well, might as well utilize them." <laughs> what? Uh, what was that orb that they got? I don't know. Like, I was wondering that too. I don't. I don't remember anything about it. Maybe it has a Infinity Gem in there. You just have to open it up. Ooh, that would really tie in the cinematic universe to the show more i mean because we still have two two gems to find before the infinity roll right right yeah so there you go that that'd be pretty interesting thinking outside the box here (laughs) (laughs) i like it i like it like where your mind's at other than that i'm done with this all right uh yeah i think that's that's a pretty good place to put that uh, and now, now we just all we have left is talk about the fear, fear of the Walking Dead, season premiere. How did, what did you think? What did I think? I like the episode overall. However, I am still on the the side of get these fucking kids out of here. They are more trouble than anything else. All three of them. I just wanted to fucking punt them into the water. <laughs> and uh, set them on fire, but no. Um, 
I also thought it was interesting that we already have we have these tribes, basically. You know, like I mean, I, I guess we don't technically know what's going to happen with this group of, that's coming to find them. That's on the boat. They could be friendlies, but they also could be fucking uh, scavengers. You know, and they're coming to take take. You have stuff. I'm. I want your stuff. I'm coming to take your stuff. You know, kind of mentality. Right. Like it seemed like that went really quick. I mean, seeing as how the world is still collapsing, it hasn't collapsed all the way yet. You know, right? I mean, we literally just saw LA get blown up. Yeah. So the fact that it's it's already gone that way just to me is a little seems a little quick, but. Uh, you know, that's the way that the people like their their Walking Dead. Where they like to not trust other people and make sure that uh, our 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 group is the one that wins. So, I I did like I I did like the idea of of Travis being like you know, look, like because all everybody came to Travis and was like, look, there's people over there. They need help. We need to go help them. Travis, make make Strand help them and. He's like, it's it's not my boat. Strand's going to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. <laughs> and actually, I don't even think that we should go help those people because I'm only worried about you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a really good part. Um, you know, to still see him as a moral compass and then just, no, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, his mind is very much like preoccupied with what's going on with his son, Christopher, and his son, fuck, man. Just having a little tantrum about the whole fucking mom thing. Like, I understand that you're upset your mother died. That's fucking terrible. You're, I mean, your mom dying is, is a terrible event to happen. But there are things going on here. <laughs> and, the, and I was like, when they went back to, to carry the dead body to the boat, I was like, this is stupid. She's dead. She wouldn't, I know, so leave her there. She even sacrificed herself. To, you know, so that she wouldn't put anybody in danger by becoming one of those things. And all, all they're doing is putting themselves in danger on for her dead body. It's like, come on. Yep, and the son's all, no, I'm not leaving without her. And then what's he do? When they, when they fucking try to have a funeral for her, he just goes and kicks her body into the water. It's like, you fucking little shit. <laughs> and then, and then he had the audacity to punch his father. Oh my god. You're lucky I'm not your your father cuz as soon as you punched me I would have put you through a wall and then thrown you overboard. <laughs> it would just throw him overboard it would take less energy. It would have, but it would have it would have been more satisfying for me to put him through a wall. <laughs> Literally, I wrote that moody teen is moody, ungrateful teen is ungrateful. <laughs> so fucking ungrateful. Oh. So then, you like he, he gives he gives the girl a simple task: use the radio to find out if anybody is giving out any information about where we can go to be safe. And what does she do? She turns it into a fucking cell phone so she could talk to somebody. <laughs> like literally, there are no cell phones or internet connections for for teenagers to sit there and talk to each other and text each other and stuff. And she finds the radio and t- turns it into let me talk to this boy. Oh my hey, goodness! You're cute. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Oh man. Oh, wanted to punch her too. <laughs> as soon as I hear, use this. I was like, "No, you idiots! You doomed us all." <laughs> so, the one thing I did find surprising was uh, 
So what's his name? Nick. Nick jumps in the water to save Chris, even though Chris ended up not needing his help. He's just like, I just wanted to go swimming. It's like, shut up. For one, shut up. <laughs> Two, Nick goes to go underneath the, the boat because he hears somebody inside there and he wants to save them for some reason. Uh, and it turns out to be a, a fucking zombie and the zombie is coming after him, but then the, it just stops. Why does it just stop? It heard a noise. Um, it heard Travis, and the zombie just looked somewhere else. That's that was unusual, right? That, that wasn't just me. Right. Yeah, I mean, it the had, zombie had no motivation. Yeah, I was like, it had food right in front of it. Why would it stop and like be like, "Huh, what is that over there?" That was so strange. And I mean, I, are you sure? I mean, he is a druggie. Are you sure he just wasn't going inside the boat? Like. I wonder if there's any drugs in here that I can have so I can get my fix. I guess that you know that's probably a good chance. But then he comes back with the, with the captain's log or the boat log or whatever, right? Right. And then like I'm like, do you think that the boat log is gonna have like up to the minute to the point where they were attacked and then the boat capsized? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's not like it's a computer like one that was updating second by second it's that someone had to write it write stuff in there so maybe the day or the week before is probably the last entry but i don't know i don't see how helpful that thing could actually be but it'll probably end up being very helpful it's gonna be like oh august 19th 2078 these people launched a disease over the rest of the country it's like really well i guess we all know now <laughs> thank you Lord. we know how it all started <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so we'll have to see how that all plays out. But I, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the episode. I have my problems with the teenagers and I think, I hope, I hope that's what the, the, the people running the show want me to have because otherwise, uh, they're not doing a good job because each one of these kids, I swear to God, I would just put them out and just like let them float with the walkers or the, I guess floaters now. Ugh, so terrible. Uh, God, you, you're hilarious. <laughs> uh, and this is why Mitch should never have kids. <laughs> well, not kids during the zombie apocalypse. My kids during the zombie apocalypse would know better. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, you should write the book, uh, Parenting in the Zombie Apocalypse. I should, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? Um, uh, Strand broke the first two rules of a uh, Fight Club. I just want to. Well. <laughs> he talked about Fight Club. <laughs> no, I just wanna, like kind of like in the same basis. He's all rule one. This is my boat. Oh rule yeah, two, this is my boat. <laughs> rule three. Look at rule one and two or something like that, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was funny. And I mean, he's not wrong. It's his boat. He's like, I already did my good deed. I let you people live here. <laughs> So, uh, interesting. Very interesting. Also, uh, Mexican dad is ready to kick some ass and also doesn't trust Strand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he doesn't trust Strand, the guy that saved his life a couple times already. Uh, And he's not the one, Strand's not the one that fucking let out a whole fucking arena full of uh, dead people, walking dead people. Shh, he doesn't need to know. (laughs) Yeah. And who was it that was all, 
hitting up on uh, on Ruben Blades' daughter. Fucking meth head Johnny Depp. <laughs> Uh, and then the fact that she's kind of like looking at him like, oh, all right, maybe. It's like, God, get out of here. Get out of here with all that. This is stupid. We need to have some kind of romance, okay? Oh, I, I guess that's what it has to be, then, and that's what it has to be. Um, uh, I'm excited to see whoever, whoever it is that shows up from the plane. You know, that should be interesting. Yeah. Hopefully it's soon. I know they said that they were going to conclude that sometime this season. Yeah, hopefully it's soon. Um, other than that, I'm just we'll, we'll, I'll see how the rest of this, these episodes play out. Whether or not I'm still going to be interested or not, because I mean, if they're just going to skip to being the Walking Dead already, it's just going to be like, well, then what's the point? What's the what's the difference between the two shows? They're going to fight zombies in Mexico. <laughs> Is that, where, is that where they're heading, you think? They're heading south towards Mexico, towards the, the, the equator? Uh, my buddy told me that that's what's going to happen pretty soon, that they already, they're already talking about it. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Like I said, you get on a boat, you go north. That way the zombies can't, can't get you because they freeze. I know. But, you know, <laughs> maybe Strand isn't a fan of cold weather. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's exactly what it is. <laughs> cool. Uh, I think we're good. I think so too. But before we end this, do you know how many episodes are in the season of Fear the Walking Dead? Uh, I think we. I think what they're going to do end up doing is they're going to end up splitting it up again, just like they did with the the previous season of uh, uh, the Walking Dead. So we'll probably get um, six episodes here, and then we'll have the summer break, and then we'll have six episodes before uh, season. Seven or The Walking Dead comes back in October. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it'll probably be 12, 12 episodes altogether, something like that. Those bastards, I mean, my fix. <laughs> and we won't have anything during the summer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Except for maybe we'll, we'll end up talking about Preacher. So, there you go. All right. Cool. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, there you go, folks. That's another Televised Heroics done for this week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, it's at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel is at Daniel Von Helvet. And if you want to talk to just Geek Elite Radio, it's at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. Now, we do most of our talking over at Facebook, so it's facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. And if you want to check out some of our archived podcasts, it's on our website at geekleetradio.com. You guessed it. You know it. So... Go ahead and uh, drop us a line. Give us some of your theories. Give us some of your best, you know, uh, ideas of what's going on for this show or this show, the last show, or whatever show is coming up next, and uh, what you're what you're liking so far. If you have a problem with the Legends of Tomorrow and what's going on over there, I want to hear about it. Be vocal uh, because I think really right now the, the season is half good, half bad, or maybe <laughs> even a little bit more bad than good, but. Uh, uh, do you want do you want the show to keep going after this season? That's what I want to know. Um, it got it got renewed. It did get renewed. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. It's it's coming back whether you like it or not. But tell me if you like it or not. <laughs> uh, other than that, this has been Televised Rogues on the Geekly Radio Network. Saying until next time, always remember to hit it, Daniel. Geek out. There you go.
We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.